The first round of the NFL draft had plenty of surprises and excitement, but overall it left the Chicago Bears in a pretty good spot with their two picks in the second round. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today and hopefully every day. On the show today, we put together a little bit of a big board for the Chicago Bears on day two of this draft. The prospects that at least one of them will be there when the Bears are on the clock at 39 and kind of look at how they're positioned here on day two of the NFL draft. We'll look back at some of the different things that played out on day one and how that sets up what the Bears have to pick from on day two. We'll also glance around the NFC North and then we'll laugh at the Green Bay Packers for their fans being outraged at not getting a wide receiver again in the first round. A pretty good first round by the Jets. Vikings kind of big movers throughout that first round and a lot to kind of lot to keep track of on, on day one of that draft. But overall, I think it leaves the Bears in a, in a very flexible position at 39, right? We'll get into some of the first round dynamics that affect the pool of players that are going to be available to them. It's not like it's particularly overwhelmingly loaded at any of the like specific positions of need for the Bears, but there's a lot of options to like at a lot of different positions. When you start to look at the variety of what could be available to the Bears at 39, and maybe even it's enough variety that might leave them inclined to trade down, even if it's just a little bit, maybe not a massive drop down because, you know, with, with pick 33 to start the second round, essentially you need what seven picks there to get to the bears. As far as like one of those seven players will be there at 39. If you know, you, you all you have to do is pick seven because there's only six actual picks until the bears are set to be on the clock. And so if I start to go through the names of the best players available still on the board and try and put them in, some sort of order of like, if this guy's here, take the him. And if he's not there, we'll take the next guy. And, you know, you can sort of argue one above the other. And the exact order isn't super critical to me. But I think as I look at it now, I start with the guy I picked in our Locked On Podcast Network ultimate mock draft for the Bears at 39, which is still who's still on the board. It's Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan. For me, he's a first round left tackle who's still on the board here. And yes, wide receiver is a big need, and we'll get to a few of those in a minute. And just really next, but uh, for me, he's he's such a you know, he's such an ascender at the position, and still fairly well refined and, and great athlete there too. And rebuilding that offensive line or solidifying that offensive line is a slightly higher priority to me than pass catchers for Justin Fields. If I had to pick between Fields gets great pass protection or Fields has great pass catchers. I'm going to go with the pass protection. I'd rather him be better protected and throw to less effective receivers than to have really good receivers that he doesn't have time to throw the ball to. I'd prefer to build in the trenches a little bit there. And if we're going to nitpick between prospects available here, Raymond for me is like a top 25 type offensive tackle who if he's still there at 39, he would be probably my top choice given what's on the board right now. 
right up there with him is going to be Georgia wide receiver George Pickens in terms of a guy that looks like he can develop into that number one type wide receiver, big body vertical down the sideline, make the tough catches, right? Go up and be that that difference maker at wide receiver. Not that he's going to step in as a rookie and be a thousand yard guy necessarily, but seems to have that build and the, the skill set and is really like a, a hard competitor to the point where there's almost like off field concern, not off field, but almost like between the ears concerns. Cause he got into like a couple of fights during games sometimes. And like a little bit of, a, I don't know, a hothead type thing, but it's to me, it seems like it can be a positive that you can harness and not just like a negative of a guy who's like not, you know, in the playbook type of head case issues, right? He just is a really fierce competitor, and that's what the Bears want at wide receiver. So I, I think I put him right there in that conversation among top options there with the 39th overall pick. From there, you know, I start to branch out a little bit. I think Andrew Booth, the cornerback from Clemson, is another first-round talent at cornerback here that's available or still here at the start of the second day of the draft. And so, you know, if Raymond and Pickens are gone, I'd be hard-pressed to pass on Booth, still at a major position of need. It's not directly affecting Justin Fields in that way, but I think it goes a long way toward making your football team better because he's your instant day one starter opposite Jalen Johnson and gives you that other bookend cornerback to have the two of them really as the long-term options for you at that spot in Chicago. Great athlete there too with really good ball skills and you feel like he can kind of shore up some of the inconsistencies, but otherwise you feel, I mean, and he's a really great like man coverage cornerback and I feel like you can get... You can teach some of the zone stuff a little bit, and it can be a little bit easier of a transition for him that way. From there, I think there's a, a little bit of a drop-off. You know, like I think Logan Hall, the defensive lineman from Houston, would probably be where I'd go next, because again, I do feel like he's a potential first-round talent there. Played interior on the Houston defensive line. Some project him to play more of an edge rusher spot in the NFL, but I think he's that sort of hybrid interior-exterior defensive lineman that I think would be a good fit in this 4-3 scheme that you could play him at some three tech and you could kick him outside sometimes in the rotation if you want to and find a spot for him because he can get after the quarterback and be an effective interior guy for you there. Then I'd probably go from here. There's another sort of drop off, but probably Sky Moore, the wide receiver from Western Michigan, a little bit on the shorter side, but not exclusively a slot receiver played a lot of outside at Western Michigan, really fast, great with the ball in his hands can be a playmaker, but not a, like a true number one type build. But if you think about like, the way the Kansas City Chiefs offense had a lot of those just like fast receivers, like that's what Sky Moore would fit into for the Chicago Bears there. A, a name I'll throw in here that hasn't really been out there that much, I think, in, in terms of Bears coverage that has to come into the big board somewhere is Arnold Ebikati from Penn State. Another one of these borderline first-round edge rushers, right? 4-3 defensive end spot. Not the biggest need compared to wide receiver, offensive line, and cornerback, but he's just a really good like speed rushing prospect off the edge, especially if the Robert Quinn trade is in the works or in the rumor mill or however they're going to handle that at some point. Robert Quinn's not a long-term piece here. He's a short-term piece. And getting another young long-term piece at edge rusher would be tempting if I feel like he can be a potential difference maker like Ebikati from Penn State. But otherwise, I'm not like super keen on using that first pick on edge rusher because I put Christian Watson from North Dakota State as that like seventh guy here that like if all those other guys are gone, a 6'4 ran like a 4'2'6 or whatever, 40-yard dash. Height, weight, speed, freak athlete at wide receiver. Dropped a lot of passes. That's the main concern. Drop passes and level of competition. That's why you that's why you bring him, you break him down a little bit, right? And he comes farther down on your big board there, but you love the potential. You love the tools there, and you can build him into something potentially even greater in the NFL and adds something size-wise that the Bears don't quite have while not sacrificing at all at speed. So, like, at 39, like, you're guaranteed out of that group, like, 
a really good player you can be excited about. Plus, there are other players that are also very good that would be very much in consideration for this pick or the Bears' next pick. We'll kind of look at what the draft pool looks like as a whole and how the first round affected that next on Locked on Bears. This NFL Draft episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at Shady Rays, their sunglasses maker, an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed and very durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else, Shady Rays has an extreme, it's just like insane protection program. Like your, your purchase is going to be well taken care of. You don't have to worry about, you know, something going wrong and you're getting screwed over. Not at all. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. So they'll actually send you a brand new pair of Shady Ray sunglasses if you lose them, like no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. 100% money-back guarantee. It's simple as that. Plus, when you purchase Shady Ray's sunglasses, they donate 10 meals to fight hunger in America. Exclusively for Lockdown Bears listeners, you can head to ShadyRays.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses, backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. The Bears weren't part of the fireworks on the first round of the draft, but it's certainly going to shape what they do here in round two when you have six wide receivers and six offensive linemen go in the top 18. I think all six wide receivers went between eight and 18. It was a just a crazy run, or top 19 picks, I think, for the last offensive lineman there. But just a crazy run at really both of the Bears' primary offensive positions of need, at the very least. And it left a lot of those later-round teams that were maybe hoping for a wide receiver or offensive lineman to fall to either have to reach for somebody like the Patriots did with Cole Strange from Chattanooga, which was just wild to see them take a potential, like, third or fourth or maybe second at best round pick there at the bottom of the first round. Of course, all the trades as well, when you saw not only like all the trades leading up to the draft, but then two veteran wide receivers traded during this draft. A.J. Brown traded from the Titans and Marquise Brown traded from the Ravens, the Cardinals. I mean, it's just, it's wild. A, A lot of different movement and teams moving on from wide receivers. And clearly that seems to be where the the, effort, the emphasis and the value has been at the, those spots. And it's why the Bears are left kind of like with that clear drop off at the wide receiver spot. You know, all the, even, you know, like the borderline, like a Jahan Dotson from Penn State, you weren't sure first round, second round guy. And he goes before Traylon Burks. It goes early in that, earlier in that run on wide receivers there. But then Burks goes not that long after that to the Titans who had traded A.J. Brown to go get him, which is a weird, a weird decision because Burks is kind of like was compared to A.J. Brown. So they traded him for, a younger version of the player they already had who was already proven and established. But it seems like there's a lot going on there that's beyond just the X's and O's on the field with the Tennessee Titans. And it's all just sort of, it was kind of glad. It was nice to just like really be separate from all that and not be, you know, like this, there's no like none of that stress of like, oh no, like is this player that we really want going to fall down to where the Bears are picking, right? You remember like last year's draft was stressful because it's like, okay, What's going to happen with these quarterbacks or these offensive linemen? And then, of course, all the excitement when they trade up and all that stuff was it was a lot of fun. But like, it, there's a there's a stress and a, a 
an excitement. It's is it excitement? Is it fear? Is it adrenaline? All of the above. But like this was nice to just sort of like watch the chaos happen and watch it for other teams. But then and when you look at where the Bears are and, and what players are still available, right? We we kind of went through the seven towards the top there. But otherwise, for those two second round picks, it's not. You know, there's there's like a handful of wide receivers and then a couple of offensive linemen and a handful of cornerbacks in there. And it kind of depends on, you know, where your flavor and your taste is. Because it's like, of course, we talked about Pickens and, and Moore and Watson at receiver. But then like Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, you, you know, do you do you like his size a little bit more over like a Sky Moore? Or, or do you see Sky Moore's playmaking ability as like a big time difference maker? 39 maybe is a little early for Alec Pierce, maybe the second second round pick. Potential there, or John Mechie from Alabama is a little bit more low ceiling, high floor type receiver, also coming off of an injury. So, like, you know, there's some some question marks there, and like, you know, there's there's some options, but it's not, you know, abreast with great wide receiver talent. There's just there's some guys to like, but it's not like you can keep putting it off, putting it off if you want to still get one of them. Like same thing at cornerback, right? Andrew Booth from Clemson, Roger McCreary from Auburn, Kyler Gordon from Washington, maybe like a. Tariq Woolen from UTSA was the big 6'4 freak cornerback or Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, but they're a little bit farther down. It's like there's there's like two or three or four cornerbacks among around the Bears range and two or three or four wide receivers around the Bears range. And as far as offensive linemen go, you know, of course we talked about Bernard Raymond, but then there's like, you know, Cam Jurgens, the guard from Nebraska, maybe Luke Godeke from Central Michigan, or you know, Dylan Parham from Memphis, Nicholas Petit Friere from Ohio State, or you know, I mean there's guys there. They're not like all a bunch of big name players at the Bears' position of need, but it's like there's there's a lot of different options there. Plus, a lot of depth at edge rusher still left here, and I mean a lot of top edge rushers there. That will that will Ryan Poles be tempted to potentially go edge rusher there just because it looks like there's going to be a lot of those potential best player available type guys, or you know linebacker like Nicobe Dean from Georgia, right? I mean another super freak athletic like a smaller Roquan Smith. The Bears could could take a better running mate linebacker for Georgia. But, you know, if they go linebacker at 39 or even, I guess, at, at, at 48, like, I kind of feel like I'd come away a little bit disappointed that it just doesn't feel like enough of a need. Like, unless, all you know, the, the main wide receivers, like, unless Pickens and Watson and Moore are gone and Booth and Raymond and McCreary and maybe Juergens, like, you know, if, if all the receivers all the offensive linemen and all the cornerbacks are gone. Okay, I can handle a, a, a really good linebacker or a really good edge rusher, or you know, I'd, I'd be better with a defensive lineman. I feel like defensive line is a little bit like defensive tackle, a really good three technique, like Logan Hall, is more of a need than, say, like another edge rusher or the other linebacker right now. I mean, but so it's like, how do you balance, you know, who's it's going to be a balance of who's there and, and just how much better you feel like some of these receivers are like if you miss out on say Pickens is gone and Sky Moore is gone do you feel like you have to get Christian Watson or Alex Pierce or Alec Pierce with that 40th pick like you know if you because if you trade down from there or don't take them are you are you, you don't think they're going to last to the third round so like do you, do you are you sort of hamstrung to like make sure you get them there if you don't get one earlier because otherwise you you kind of run out of you know big time potential week one, year one difference makers at such a key spot. Like, at least with the offensive line, we've kind of talked about how, you know, like Raymond is a first-round talent, and then from there, it's a lot of, like, day two slash, round two slash round three guys to where maybe you feel like you can wait and uh, Nicholas petit or Dylan Parham might be there 
early third round if you were to trade down from your second second round pick. You don't feel like you necessarily have to get him there. You can still get a fairly comparable player late second to early third at offensive line comparatively to the wide receiver spot where it feels like this this is sort of where the, the second tier lands. And once you get past really Pickens, Pierce, Watson, and more, and I know Mechie's kind of borderline for me, then there's that drop off again from there. So if those four are gone, then they're gone and you can't do anything about it. But if one of those four is there, it feels like this is the time and the place to swing at wide receiver if you feel comfortable with those guys. And, and same kind of thing at cornerback. Like, you know, the Andrew Booth is more like the first round talent and then like Gordon and McCreary and a little bit of like Woolen and Taylor Britt are sort of in the second round range. And then it feels like, I don't know, maybe there's a drop off there. Like Jalen Petre from Baylor is probably more in the safety conversation, but he's, he's definitely, uh, he's kind of a hybrid player. He was kind of their slot cornerback, but kind of a strong safety I'm not sure that the scheme fit in Chicago is exactly ideal, but he's a good football player, so you know you can get him and maybe try and make him work there. But if those wide receivers are gone and the offensive linemen are gone, then like a guy like Boye Mafe from Minnesota, like a, a, a fine edge rusher that was a borderline first-round pick, like can you hate that much on the best player available if it's not the ideal need spot for the Bears? Like I'd be mad at a running back. Obviously, wouldn't no reason to take a quarterback. I don't think I'd, I'd particularly like a tight end at that spot. But like, other than that, if it's truly like I feel like I'm getting a first round potential talent, and other players at other positions of need are not there, I mean, because so many of those wide receivers and offensive linemen came off in the first round, right? It's just like it's clearly a premium, and this seems to be the range now where teams might go after them. And all of a sudden, you could be in this spot where it's like, all right, take the linebacker, take the edge rusher, whatever. We'll. We'll take a good football player because that's the better team-building strategy. I think, for me, the thing the Bears have to come away with in the second round, slash, I guess, okay, between the second and third round, come away with three contributors anywhere. You know, you can trade down from your pick, so they don't, you know, if if you trade from your second, second second-round pick into the third and have two-thirds or whatever, like, sure. Where exactly you take them, I don't care. But when you have three picks on day two, I want three players that can contribute, not only somewhat this year, but also, of course, long-term. But, like, prioritizing offensive line wide receiver and cornerback. But as long as I'm getting three players that I feel like can be contributors to this team and are not just going to be a guy that sits on the bench and develops like a redshirt rookie season. I mean, one thing if they're injured and you think they're really worth it, despite the injury that they have, I, I can sort of make an exception for that. But like, I, I want impact. Not that the goal is purely to get the best player right now and win right now, but like this is a roster that's going to need some impact even if it's a raw player i still want that raw player to see the field right if you take a raw player at a position that's not a need then they're not going to see the field and it feels a little bit defeating some of the purpose but if you took a raw player at a position of need then maybe they're developing a little bit more on the fly and i think that's what the bears need to come away with here in this first round especially keeping pace with the other teams in the nfc north and the nfl that had made some nice picks in the first round we'll kind of check in on some of the things some things we need to know moving forward for this team and their opponents from that first round of the draft, next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode brought to you by the makers of the world's best tasting protein bars ever, Built Bars. They really are the perfect summer snack this season because they taste like candy bars, but they're healthy, they're good for you. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, delicious. I mean, it, it satisfies my sweet tooth, but they're low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. It's an unreal combination that you can't find in any other protein bar product. A lot of the other protein bars, you know, they're either like loaded up with sugar and calories and just not good for you, or they taste like cardboard and they're kind of chalky and just 
ugh, they just don't taste good. But Built Bars, ugh, haven't found a product to match it. They're so, so good. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to Built.com. Enter in our promo code, LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Before we dive into the rest of the first round here, I, I got to shout out the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network because our live draft coverage on the Lockdown NFL YouTube channel was so good and it was so cool. Like our, we got, so we have a studio from our Tegna station down in Dallas. So we had all our hosts chiming in remotely, and then we had our NFL draft analysts on site. Peter was hosting from down there. We had Isaiah Steinbeck, their former wide receiver, was down there with us. And then, like, all their hosts for all the picks, you know, Lockdown Jaguars chimes in at the first pick, and when they picked later on the draft, all the hosts could come in via virtual call and, like, give that team perspective on their picks. I'm going to be doing it for the Bears picks tonight, live on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. It's, like, professional TV station-level production with multiple cameras. I mean, like, it's it's really nice professional, like, draft coverage. So if you don't like the TV broadcast that much or you just want to support us because we're great and you like the Lockdown Podcast Network, go check those out because they're just really top-notch, professional, well-done NFL broadcast. And it was really fun seeing Peter Bukowski of Lockdown Packers react to the Green Bay Packers not drafting a wide receiver again. Throughout the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' career, they have not used a first-round pick on a wide receiver. And it was kind of a... a, I, I sort of foretold the prophecy, not that I was the first person to come up with this idea, but yesterday afternoon, I tweeted mostly just as a joke and tongue-in-cheek to rib Packers fans, I said, my only wish for the first day of the draft is that Green Bay doesn't take a wide receiver with either of their first-round picks, and Packers Twitter melts down once again. And boy, was I happy when, you know, the first pick came in, and it was like, oh, I don't think they're going to reach for Pickens or Christian Watson or Sky Moore here. I didn't think at at 23 or whatever that was that because the six had already come off the board, it's like, oh, the Packers aren't going to take one here. And I thought Quay Walker would probably be the pick, and it was. And fine, okay, but 28 came around, I'm like, they got to take Pickens or Watson or whoever here, right? I mean, they have to. They can't They can't afford to go another position, right? And, of course, they take uh, Wyatt from Georgia, and Packers fans were furious, right? I mean, I was I was surrounded. I was with some Packers fans at the time when the p- p- the selection was on, and they were furious. I mean, they're like, "How? who is this guy? Why is this not a wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera? And, like, by all means, we should enjoy – the misery of Packers fans and laugh at them and and watch it from afar and you know soak it all in because you know we don't always have as many of those opportunities and by all means like let's laugh away and enjoy their misery but that being said they they did get like two really good football players like I mean when you when you sort of look past the haha they didn't take a wide receiver first of all the only thing that would have been better is if they'd taken another quarterback that would have been hilarious I mean it would have been a complete meltdown but they haven't even traded Jordan Love yet so it's a whole thing but Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, really, really good defensive to tackle. I mean, just a freak athlete there, really good at not only getting after the quarterback, not only stopping the run, but also getting after the quarterback. I mean, he he is a potential, like, dominant interior defensive lineman. When you pair him with Kenny Clark, like, all of a sudden, to me, that increases the priority on the interior of the Chicago Bears offensive line. You know, I feel fine with Cody Whitehair. I'm okay and good with Lucas Patrick. But, like, that right guard spot is a huge hole. And trying to play Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt on the same team with a bad right guard that currently doesn't really have a real starter there is going to be a problem. And they need to get something much better at that spot if they want to contend with what Green Bay is going to have 
on that defensive line, plus the pass rushers that they already have. I like I like Quay Walker as a, a linebacker fit for them. I mean, he's, he's a really good athlete, and you know they had Devontae Campbell already, and I think it's a good pair to have them over together. He's got really long arms, pretty good tackler. Like, I mean, I think he's he's pretty he he can be a fairly physical player, and and you know again athlete type, smaller smaller Roquan Smith type. So like, sure, like so it's a good fit and a decent value for them at that spot. I think their defense got better and. That's been one of the things that has held them back at times over the last couple seasons. So, like, it's something to, like, take notice of. Like, of course, the Bears aren't going to be in a position to really, like, beat Green Bay this year, given the states of the two teams right now. But, I mean, those are long-term pieces for that defense that we're going to have to keep a close eye on for the foreseeable future here. Same with the Lions. Like, really liked the two picks for them. Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan was kind of a no-brainer when he's available at number two. Really, you know, talented, productive edge rusher a little short on the arms and sometimes a snap jumper, but really good technique and just disruptive, right? Fights hard and, and is high, high motor, all the things you want in your top f- top 10, top five pick, top three pick at edge rusher. And then trading up from 32 to the Vikings pick for Jamison Williams from Alabama. That was a big surprise. I mean, a huge, jumped up 20 slots in this draft. And, and Jamison Williams might be the best wide receiver in the draft. He's just, you know, injured. He's coming off of that injury and is not available to play right away and is not going to be there necessarily in week one seems to be rehabbing well but you know there's a risk there there's a very inherent risk there but if he gets back to being the player he was at Alabama that's a number one potential like not Jamar Chase level game-changing wide receiver but definitely like someone who can give you some fear and you know they they signed DJ Chark this offseason they have a Ross St. Brown like they're starting to assemble some weapons in Detroit and their defense is getting better with a better edge rusher there not that I'm scared of what the Lions are going to be just yet. They, they still need a, a quarterback at some point here, but like progress for them. Good, solid picks to like there for them. And then the Vikings, when they trade down from 12 to 32 and they take Lewis Seen, Lewis Seen's a really strong, I mean, really another one of these freak athletes at the safety position. He's like 6'2 and ran like a 4-3-7 with an 11-1 broad jump at the combine. Just really dynamic athlete there who can play the back end really well and was that that deep safety in the Georgia defense, but can play up in the box really well. And like transitioning eventually from Harrison Smith to Lewis Seen seems like a really, really strong move for Minnesota. And you know they, they already have uh, some other talent at safety too. That they're going to try and rotate in their Cameron Bynum. They might move one of them to slot or rotate them around a little bit. Like that's, that's a good pick for them. And they now pick immediately ahead of the bears in the second round. Not like not the, the pick before, but before the Vikings weren't scheduled to pick ahead of the bears in the second round. Now they pick, just, I think, the 34th pick in that draft. So they'll be picking, like, right away again to potentially take one of those options away from the Bears. So not that they made some massive improvement, but, you know, they added another third-round pick in there, moved up in the second round in addition to moving down at the first round. So, you know, they're 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 making waves. All the NFC North teams seem to be making some pretty significant waves in, in different directions. Still funny that the Packers didn't get a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, and the Bears will have a chance to pick a wide receiver before the, the Packers are set to be on the board again. We'll see how it all shakes out, but you can be sure whoever the Bears take in the second and third rounds, we'll be breaking it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Again, I implore you to tune into the Locked On NFL live draft coverage. We'll tweet it out from at Locked On Bears. I'll tweet it out from at Cox Sports One. We'll tweet it out from the at Locked On Podcasts Twitter handle. It's on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel as well. And it's a great show. Great analysis from literally 
hosts for all 32 teams. So we have the 32 hosts plus, what, four people in studio, five people in studio. I guess one of them is one of the 32 hosts, but we're talking 36 plus people just as analysts to contribute to this draft coverage. I don't know that anyone else has a wider roster of expertise on each of the teams and the prospects covering this draft. So like, join the Lockdown train with us. It's, it's a lot of fun. I hope you'll tune in. And I hope that the Lockdown Bears podcast and our draft coverage will help you bear down.